Hello, this is Daniel Vaughn. I've been podcasting for almost two years, and I just about a month ago found out how to submit, um, manually submit my feed to Apple Podcasts. Well, anybody's getting into podcasting and wants Apple Podcasts, their show on Apple Podcasts, come here and use Anchor Podcasts. Hello, this is Daniel Vayon with Daniel Vayon's views of 83 weeks and counting. Um, I'm going to start a monologue to, on this uh, on this episode. I'm going to start a monologue where I talk about interviews. Um... To be honest about it, there have been so many different interviews that have been good throughout the years that I've either seen or heard of. So, I'm going to focus on just what the topic is about. Before I talk about the topic itself, I thought I would start looking at um, interviews from what the topic is. I can't really do that right now because I can't sign into my account on the WWE. What I will say is that Joseph Vicious going to Redford, I think that's what it was. Um, the night after Red Heart won the heavyweight title by re they the monsoon took off for men that was entrance in the Royal Mansion and many battles in the heavyweight champion. And for that was even determined Sid Vicious had earned a title shot. So they gave him his shot against Bret Hart the next night. The vicious last time he had a title shot was at Cyber Series, I believe, where he won the title, then two months later lost the title. So, he was like to be champion. And I find interesting about this is that he is not really known as a great talker, but when he understood what his character was, that's when he did a good job talking. And that's why I was gonna I was gonna look back at the video and then talk about it. But unfortunately for Psychos of Vicious, what overshadowed his promo was the fact that that entire night Steve Austin was going against Strap Fight with either himself or Red Heart. So under that because that overshadowed it, that made this entire <clears throat> match um it was probably more disappointing in the fact that Boston got involved two or three times before the match even happened. So that's what I took away from that. For the rest of the map, the rest of the show was great. Action was great. Um, stories that told were great. Um, like I think Owen Horn and David Smith were having problems as a team. And we were talking about storytelling and how is a foreign value. Well, you know, this base of what happened in this show between the interactive match, you can see it is, and a form of acting because. Oh, and Hart put to that his knee, and then he, when he got out of the ring, he was showing David Smith that he can whine on it. So, it did take a lot of acting, and I can tell you from experience how much your knee, that's not something, <coughs> excuse me, that you can, that you can fix, he's really acting. So, I give not just him, but anybody who has the tender their leg and pull it off the acting lead, give them all the credit, because it's not easy to pull off. <laughs> Going back to the purpose of a monologue about interviews slash promos.
The reason I'd say promo anymore, WWE, is because people can't speak for mine anymore. They have to, they have to uh, memorize promo and then. Problem with that is that it takes away the mid acting part of business. So, when you look back in the 1980s and 90s, it was the WF for the NBA. What made those, um, what made days fun was you could see or you could sense when somebody was being real and when they were not being real. You could sense that most people were being real when they were talking. Could I go get my pet? I think I have enough power in there to uh, look at what I'm talking about. Alright, so I got the iPad getting on the app. Okay, so I'll leave it with February 17th. Yeah, what's interesting was, even though they did interview Sykeset in the back, it's not what we were the promo, that's what was an interview. Promo is told up something. They just wanted to know his, his songs and what happened in the middle of the telecast. They did back then, like, it just started the show off, and it started off with the title for us today. You know, the title match happening is going to be at the end of it. The show starts with Psycho State Out and Brett Hartfield, um, coming out, that is, for the way title fight. Match. Speak of fight, out came Steve Austin. Ruined everything. Matter of fact, things so vicious got hit in his lip. If it sure looked like he was angry. Like I said, said, no matter how hard is, how bad is he was, or no matter what natural disaster, so to speak, would have, could come. That moment, it would not stop him from achieving this new becoming a champion. I want to call him um, Psycho Suspicious. He, he ended his promo or interview saying that he was the master of the universe. Only somebody psychotic would say that. The kid promo is the same as for Brad said that wherever he comes around, Steve Austin is right there getting involved in his. So I better get used to it, but all I can do is on the battle that night, fight everybody. He said, I'm mean, going to be a tough fight. There'll be no excuses when he loses. And then he just forged the next match. He was asked, he was asked to feature on Psycho City, so I'm not brushing off anybody. Yeah, he always looks, uses excuses, that's all they are. He said he's not gonna let, um, he's not gonna become second best. And, 
first thing what he thought about himself. Then asked about facing the Undertaker's fleet. Hang on, I'm not a friend of Taker. He said he's not going to be him ever. Because he's not going to be anybody. But he was going to try to. But he was going to try to go to the same as actions, whatever they were. Onto the match that, onto the on the show that had topic was about. Before Bret Hart spoke, we're winning against Avila. They already showed Cassidy getting in the ring against Rocky Maivi. Let's see what happened before he got in the ring. Oh, let's see what happened. Savio Vega represented the nation of domination, and because Sable decided to show she wasn't a fan to stop herself, they all decided gather around her to work. And it being a no contest, Johnson had to come out with the two by to help them. That's what happened right there. Interesting spelling right there. What was interesting about this is, for this time of the year, was Jerry Lawler challenging the CW company, the ECW stars over WWF to how good they really are. What's interesting was, I think, he kept going for a while, I believe, that even Cornette in his, one of his weekly opinion pieces on Raw had him talking about, um, Tommy Dreamer and how, how severely wounded he was in his ECW match. Maya V, Cassidy to keep their Continental title. Um, another reason why titles, by seed title or title or the any title they have gets um, valued is because they're not defend every week like to be. That's what happened with the team in WCW. They stopped showing it every week on cruiserweights, so people stopped caring because cops stopped caring enough for them. Okay. Here's versus the Hardys. I see the full layer on to exactly how good the matches were, but I remember watching a few months ago. That's probably when I should have done this episode. And they're great matches. Headers. While Daryl Elder was thinking about ECW, you had guys called Headbangers wrestling as if long in ECW. And they face pain is no big deal, but they break scare crying out loud. That in itself, like, why are they doing this besides, besides in the rebellious, rebellious for being a kid, a teenager? Ooh. One of the headbangers was lying dirty and it was a tough out of bodge. I don't know if it was the way he hit him, the way that Jeff's body was positioned, but it almost hurt his neck. Besides so that, ooh. They did win the match against the Hardy Boys. Powerbomb, leg drop combination. 
Well, again, the everyday title match was interrupted by Steve Austin. So they asked Gorilla Monster's plans were. Kevin Kelly interrupted him asking him. Gorilla Monster said Steve Austin doesn't get against Bradley. He said, brothers of that. They're gonna, they're gonna live on their problems at Bad Bay Dial Matt. Okay, so. Flash Funk against Owen Hart. Obviously, think about another twice off with Owen Hart as brother in law Dave Boy Smith. When he pretended to hurt his knee. Darren, uh, they were in Nashville, Tennessee, so that means that Jerry loved his home state, and every night when he was talking about ECW, he said how they recently had a show in his hometown, and probably fusses about how they were able to get in his hometown, because his hometown is known for old-school wrestling, headlock, lock-up, you know, in other words, catch-as-catch-counseling, not, um, not what I sound work like EW was. Is that a time when things were changing for the company as a well? whole? Um, Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn stopped being, being a tag team. Um, and so Bart Gunn has a singles competitor against Triple H, Brad Helmsley, in this show. <clears throat> it's amazing. Both of them started together at the same time, but, um, but only one of them remained and stayed in a prominent position with the company and the other one just kind of fell off the map so to speak and wrestling and I find that interesting. So that's what's kind of strange because they both like they were equal as popularity goes. But once our gun uh broke away from Billy, it's like they didn't really care about him. So that made it even more interesting to look back at this. Great wrestler and he's e he was even smart he's even tough enough for JL to say he's a he was a tough wrestler, but we can't go against a real life boxer like Butterbean and expect to last. Because what you what they do is an art toward and what Butterbean does is a real sport. Hmm. Okay. To quote Zorbio is Flash Funk, and uh, it's amazing how. Um, back in 2010, I believe, he worked in DNA's, um, honor of, in honor of ECW, they brought back all these ECW stars to have them do one last match for ECW. By the way, on Heartbeat, to Flash Funk, Alias to Cold Scorpio. And, he, um, after Fresh Funk was hit in the back by one of Owen Hart's Slammy Awards. So, by Bulldog, that is, by the British Bulldog. So, um, 
Gold Scorpio did something I had never seen, not just from him, but from anybody. They're going for a moonsault, they went backward because of the moonsault, they landed with a leg up. So I thought it was not only amazing considering his age, but I thought it was amazing that anybody would think of doing that kind of uh, maneuver was really amazing. Uh, I went a little too far ahead, so I can see who won this match between uh, Joe Hunter, Helmsley, and Morgan. <laughs> they even did a special update on Shawn Michaels' knee with. Uh, orthopedic surgeon James Andrews. Who also did, who also updated WCW about Ric Flair's shoulder operation. Triple H obviously beat Barkin by 12 for Kishan and Goldust, hit the ring, and he the ring. Then he gave an update about Shawn Michaels and the injury. He said it goes all the way back to five years before the ACL in his knee joint. And that's, that's what slices your knee as far as athletic goes. Said not he was degenerated, but it was sore. That's why he had to tell him to take time off. Just to rehab his knee. Finally, in the main event. Michael said after Bret Hart got hit with the chair by Bret by Steve Oswald, Bret Hart had to sit in the sharpshooter and the referee checking to see if Michael said wanted to give up, so he couldn't see the chair shot. After that, he got hit with a power bomb and Michael said wins the heavyweight title. <clears throat> That's the end of this of this storyline for this episode and this match. Thank you and goodbye. Both tight ends and they are both off the board again. Another tight end out of Stanford drafted into the NFL. Going to Pete Carroll, head coach, and John Schneider. We continue to look through what we've got drafted here.